our self-love is our gift to the world. Our happiness is our gift to the world. And so we've got to go to the source for the happiness and peace and love that we want in order to share it fully and freely, right? So it's like being rich. It's hard to really truly give from a place of unselfishness if you don't have a whole lot of money because you are attached to it, you're freaked out, you need the money back, understandably so, we've all been there. And when you're perfectly or infinitely wealthy, you just give, who cares? It's like, there's always more where that comes from. What do you need, 10 million, 100 million? It's good, you know? And you don't do it for any other reason. Not even, you don't even do it for them. You do it again from a selfish place where it's like, it feels so good to just hand out you know, $100 bills everywhere you go. It feels so good to just hand out compliments and connect with people. It feels so good to you. So when you're giving is the gift itself, your giving is the reward itself. You experience that first. You don't even wait around for someone to say thank you. Who cares if they say thank you? I benefited first and foremost by being loving, by being unselfish, by giving away what I had in excess or what I had in infinite fashion. No, absolutely. And that's something I, I'm always encouraging my listeners to, and my clients to do because contribution is, I think, the most fulfilling thing. And actually, when I got divorced and my first Christmas without my son, which was just to me the worst thing ever at that point, um, that I thought, right, I'm going to go and work at a homeless shelter for Christmas. So for those four days over Christmas, I went along, they said no jewellery, no makeup, just old clothes, just come on in. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm really going to do some good this Christmas. I'm going to help a lot of people. And actually, it just blew me away. I got so much more from that of that experience than I ever gave. And I made lifelong friends. It was just the most beautiful experience. And that's something I think that if you hold on to things like money, when, when you don't have it, actually, you experience lack. When you give, you know, even when you're at your lowest, like I wasn't in a great place that year, but I gave and oh, my goodness, I came out. I got a whole person and more from that experience. So absolutely with you on that. That's so inspiring. So uplifting. It's so exciting. I love that you shared that. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, there was a period in my life when I really struggled with that. When I was young, I was constantly trying to give from this place of um, scarcity and emptiness. And I didn't know it, but I had this expectation. I always gave with strings attached. I didn't know it. Um, I wouldn't say anything to the person, but I'd say, geez, they didn't even say thank you, or they didn't seem very grateful, or they never get, did give me back that money or that book or whatever. And I would, it would make me worse, and I feel worse and worse for it. And then I realized that there was two pieces to it. Um, and the first piece was a mindset thing, right? Like I was trying to give, but I hadn't really shifted my mindset around it. And so I was still actually only giving to get. That's selfish. When I gave simply for the joy of giving, you know, I was, I fell in love with loving, I fell in love with giving for its own sake. You know, I realized that a mindset shift had taken place, a perceptual shift had taken place. And of course, in miracles, they call that a miracle, right? When there's a shift in perception. And that made all the difference. And this is why you see the studies to your point, Sarah, that say over and over again, happy people give more, but also people who give more are happier. <laughs> so we call it an upward positive feedback loop. It's called a virtuous cycle, but Essentially, the better you feel, the better you do. And the better you do, the better you feel. And that goes for not just giving and charities and things of that nature, but also work performance, relationships, money, all night. Yeah, gosh, it's just so true. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this because it's just, I mean, so resonating with me, but I know a lot of my listeners will be getting so, so much out of this. So one of the things you touched on then that point as well was that 
talking nicely about people and finding the things you love. Now, I know, I can hear their voices now. I'm supposed to say nice things about my ex after what they've done to me? <laughs> what, what would you say to that, Robert? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, start where it's easy. Um, you don't have to torture yourself on the way to happiness. Please don't, please don't. Like the path of least resistance. I'm all about lazy intelligence. Like let's not make hard work of happiness. Let's not make hard work of relaxation. Let's not make hard work of love. Let's take an easier, more enjoyable path of ease, okay? So start with the low hanging fruit. So don't start with the X. Don't start with the family, okay? Maybe start with a stranger. Maybe start with the children. Maybe start with the puppies or the kittens. You know, start with where it's easy. So if you find it difficult to find something to appreciate about someone in your life, focus on someone else. Focus on anything else. You don't even have to focus on people, right? You can focus on animals. You don't have to focus on animals. You can focus on trees. You don't have to focus on anything living. You can focus on something that's material in your life. It's all good. Any reason is a good reason to feel good, period. Start where it's easy. And I promise... If you keep that up for long enough, and you'll keep it up if you enjoy it, if you force yourself to do it, you're not going to keep it up, and therefore you're not going to get the benefit. So do it because it's fun. Start where it's easy. Continue that. In about 22 to 66 days, you'll rewire your brain to do it automatically. That's the whole science of neuroplasticity. We know we literally rewire the brain when we stay consistent with a new habit. Okay. Eventually, I promise, you'll one day look back at the X okay, or the current partner, or any number of people, the in-laws, and you'll start to see without any effort why or what within them makes you feel good, what you can appreciate about them. For me, for instance, a good example is I have never dated anything but really beautiful, brilliant, and wonderful women, okay? That's not a testament to me. That is a testament to them, and I have not had always the easiest relationships in my life, obviously that's how I'm here to, you know, it's like, I've only learned mostly through quote unquote failure, which I call feedback. But every single woman I've ever dated, every single person I've ever met um, has been a personal trainer for my soul. That's one way to put it. They've been a personal trainer for unconditional happiness, for unconditional love, for unconditional self-love and for unconditional peace. And without those folks um, in my life, I would not be where I am today. And so I'm deeply, truly, fully grateful for each and every experience I've had, especially in including the most difficult ones and the most difficult people. Yeah, absolutely. And actually that's interesting because, you know, my, when I train my coaches to become breakup and divorce coaches, quite often in those sessions, they go, sorry, this information is really good stuff. I'm going, yeah, everyone can just say thank you to my ex for putting me through that because I wouldn't be able to share it with you without it. And they laugh, but then they can like say, okay, well, maybe we can do this with ours because actually, as you say, those learnings make us stronger. And without those experiences, we wouldn't feel the lows to be able to feel the highs either. So it definitely makes us more resilient, I think. That's and I think powerful. sometimes when, you, when you've been to hell and back, you kind of think, well, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. And if you've got that attitude to life, it does open a lot more doors and enables you to, to feel happy because who cares what's around the corner? You know, you can survive it, right? You just nailed it. And that's the entire, that entire field or science of adversity. Um, you know, we know that adversity causes us to stop, slow down and reprioritize what's truly important in our lives, first and foremost. Second, it weeds out bad relationships. Third, it strengthens the strong relationships. Fourth, it's through the experience of, it's, you often need to experience what you're not in order to remember who you truly are, what you truly want and like, right? So it's a values clarification exercise. 
that's the first thing, sort of first part of it. The other part of it is that, you know, everything and everybody in your life and the world in general is not designed to make you happy. That's important to remember, okay? That it's designed to make you aware, to make you conscious, okay? But the more aware and conscious you become, the happier you become. And the happier you become, the more conscious you become. So everything and everybody in the world is really doing you a greater service and justice than you realize. Most of us want the people and things in our lives to deliver happiness, but they do something great of that. They remind you that they're really unreliable sources of happiness. And so they point you back to yourself and say, if you wanna be happy, if you wanna be in love, if you wanna feel peace, that's within you, not me. My job here out there here in the world, even despite my best effort, is to disappoint you and disappoint you as quickly as humanly possible. So you remember your own creative power, you know? But we, we, we miss that. We see the closed door and we get so focused on the closed door, we forget that the lesson is, Sarah, Robert, whoever you are out there, you're a powerful creator and manifester. You already have and are everything you're searching for within everyone else and everything else in the world. And if you just stop doing that, if you start, stop seeking outside of yourself and look deep inside, I promise you not only have what you're looking for, but you have an, an infinite abundance. You know, you have an infinite portion of it. And so that's an important thing to remember because if you don't, you'll blame people and circumstances for how you feel. And in your blaming them, you disempower yourself to do anything about it, to make any changes around it, right? Um, we can't let conditions and circumstances or other people dictate how we think and feel. If we do, we render ourselves powerless to think and feel and even do better. Oh, wow. I love that. I'm just letting it sink in here. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. Like, don't give your power away to other people. Take your power back. And when you have your power back, you can shine your light. I was talking all the time to my to my coaches that you've got to shine your light, shine your light as bright you can. And, and sometimes things happen in life which might dull it or even blow it out for a time. But it's our job to focus on lighting our own light. And then we shine that forward and then we attract the goodness to us. But it but it's a it's a manifestation. It's not a you know trying to grab something or focus on or force something. Like you said earlier, it should flow, it should come naturally. When you start to force things, that's the resistance and that's where the unhappiness comes in. Oh, I love this so much. You know, that's what enlightenment means. It means letting that light shine forth, right? Enlightenment is lightening up. It's also letting go of what doesn't let you stay light in life, right? Like to say that, you know, remain a light in life, but also stay light that burdens you, right? It's letting go of all that. So you're absolutely right about that. The other thing I just want to highlight because it's so powerful and profound what you said, I just love it. It's that we are literally made of stardust, right? The bodies are literally made of stardust, you know? And so it's important to remember that, like you're literally a star. Each one of us is a star. Each one of us is nothing really but light. And if you spend most of your life focusing on the darkness within and around you, you'll just find more and more darkness. Um, the key and opportunity in life is to focus on the light both within yourself and others. And even if there's just a tiny little sparkle or a candle flicker of that light, if you can focus obsessively on that light, you'll be surprised. You'll begin to catch other things on fire, right? That's how we catch the world on fire and catch each other on fire. So just focus on the light, no matter how small it is. Let that become almost your myopic focus. And I promise you that light will begin to sort of spread um, to other people and other things. And before you know it, your whole life will be lit up. 
Hi, it's Sarah Davison here, the Divorce Coach. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. I just wanted to let you know about a free gift I've got for you, which I know will help you if you're struggling with your breakup or divorce right now. I'd like to offer you a free week's membership of my Heartbreak to Happiness online support group sessions with unlimited access to any of the groups during this time. So what are they? Well, these are friendly and confidential online support groups run by my accredited coaches. I've designed them to ensure that you know you're not alone and there is help and support out there to help you cope better. One delegate, Jane, said after her first session, I can't believe how much better I feel in just one hour. Another delegate, Wendy, said, my friends and family are so fed up of hearing me talk about this and now I finally feel like I've found my tribe. I've designed these sessions so you'll meet other people going through similar situations and you'll be able to share your story in a safe space. My specialist coaches are all trained personally by me and are there to offer support and help to enable you to dial down those negative emotions and let go of your ex. So I wanted to make a special offer to all my podcast listeners, which is a three weeks access to this unique support. It means that you will have access to as many support sessions as you would like to attend in a week. And we've got lots of days and different times to choose from. This is a great way to start to take your power back and help you feel more empowered. Remember, as I always say, it's not what happens to you that defines you, it's what you do about it that makes you the person you are. So sign up now at www.saradavison.com forward slash support group. That's saradavison.com forward slash support group to claim your free gift and to move from your heartbreak to happiness. Let that become almost your myopic focus. And I promise you that light will begin to sort of spread um, to other people and other things. And before you know it, your whole life will be lit up. Oh, I love it. I love it. And actually it can be quite fun with your ex, even if they're being difficult to shine your light really bright in front of them because their reaction even though this is all energetic, it just blows my mind every time. And it makes me laugh and it makes me happy in a, in a way that I'm just doing the best I can, you know, doing the right thing, shining my light, whatever's going on over there. You know, I always talk about Teflon suit, zip up your Teflon suit, but shine your light. That's the most important thing. And with difficult exes, it is quite a fun game to entertain because instead of being spiteful or getting down to their energy, you're just giving, you know, bright light and energy and actually watching them, I, I'd be interested to see what you think on that, Robert, but it, they're oh. reaction, obviously usually quite amusing to watch. Oh, I love that. I just want to give you a huge hug just for even sharing that and saying that. I couldn't agree with you more. Look, and that's one of the greatest tests ever. The fact that you can even say that and say it with so much authenticity for me is really encouraging and super inspiring. It's true. Access can be difficult. I mean, people can be difficult. People are going to remain peopley. That's important to remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to resist resistance. You want to defend against people that are defensive. You want to be careful of that. You know, sometimes we uh, want to fight unconsciousness, but fighting unconsciousness is 
unconsciousness, right? Like fighting ignorance is ignorance. And you have to remember, sometimes people are too ignorant to know they're ignorant and too unconscious to know they're unconscious. It's like being too drunk to know you're drunk. You ever try to reason with a drunk person? I like remembering that sometimes, you know? You have the act of someone else, just remember, they're drunk. They're drunk on unconsciousness. They might be drunk on ignorance. They're drunk on all kinds of things, ego, oh. right? And so you don't try to argue with a drunk person. You laugh or you joke or you turn your focus somewhere else. You go for a walk. You make an excuse to go to the convenience store. Whatever you need to do to refine or to rediscover or recenter yourself on that light and that peaceful aliveness within you that's always there. God, call it God if you want, um, is helpful. And so, you know, you're right. It's critical and important to not let anybody or anything in life dim your light or dim it for too long. Um, you came into this world to be a light. You will remain a light and we need your light. Yeah. And we all control how we respond to things and, and what we do with that, our reactions. So absolutely important. Okay. I know I've taken you way off topic. You started with one point, one of your four steps. So how do you tap back into that happiness and love? So <laughs> carry on. Yeah. So good memory. Boy, you've got a great memory. So um, let's see. So first step, actually, I would say come before that one. So we'll call the one we just shared around focusing on the best in life in other people and within yourself simply to feel good. We'll call that step two. Step one, um, for those folks who struggle with step two, and I get it because I struggled for a long time, is to start with an even, even lower hanging fruit, which is to focus on or identify four main buckets in your life. Happiness islands, okay? Or you can call them love islands, but those are activities that allow you to feel happy, inspired, excited to be alive with very little time, energy, effort. Okay, so just identify those activities. It might be listening to music, it'd be a special fr friend, it might be going to the beach, it might be reading certain books, happiness islands or love islands. Also identify your happiness deserts or love deserts. Those are basically places, activities, um, things that make you feel drained, where you don't feel very happy, where you feel um, maybe average in terms of emotion, no matter how hard you try or how much time, energy, effort you put in. So you're identifying these deserts or valleys on one hand and these islands on the other. Um, you know, you can also identify what I call your success islands, success um, valleys. Success islands are things that just make, um, that you're very good at sort of effortlessly and easily. Um, success valleys are things that, success deserts are things that no matter how hard you try, you're not very good at. You really want to spend your life on the overlapping islands. So those things you really enjoy or really love that make you feel happy, and those things that you're extraordinarily gifted at. That overlap right there, that's how you stay in flow state. Flow state is like the vortex, it's like the zone. When you're like tapped in, tuned into the flow state, you're just so happily and positively engaged, absorbed and consumed with what you're doing or who you're with that you lose track of time and you lose track of yourself. You're not self-conscious anymore. And in that state, you're 500 to 1,000% more productive, creative, efficient, effective, um, and joyful, okay? So that's probably step one. Just really focus on the islands, but make sure you're trying to eliminate or reverse engineer out of your life, all the deserts and valleys. Um, step one. Step two was what we talked about before. Another way to talk about step two is just to tell a better feeling story about everything and everybody in your life based in truth, right? So it has to be based in truth. If it's a snow job or it feels like you're making it up, that's not so great. So good example. Let's say it's raining outside. Most of us will say, oh, it's a bad day. Maybe it's a bad day, unless you love rain. And you say, it's a bad day. Is that true? It's like, there's a, what's the truthful, better feeling story? Well, the truthful, better feeling story is, I know the sun, the sun will come up tomorrow or the day after. When it rains, it sure makes me appreciate the sunny weather that much more. 
I do love the rain because it does sort of nourish all of the plant life and the plant life is so great to prevent erosion and all these things, right? You find a way to think about this experience so that you feel better as a result of doing so. Okay, you wanna do that with everything. If you have an empty bank account, instead of saying you're broke, okay, I get that. You could also say, there's only up from here. That's true. You have zero dollars, <laughs> only up from here, yeah. right? Because whichever way you look at it, it does it, it doesn't change the fact of the situation that it's raining or there's no money in your bank account. But what it does is it increases your ability to maybe what feel better, which then puts you in a better position to do something about that, right? Oh my gosh. Boom, right? And that's actually true. It does both that, you're right, it puts you in a much better, much more creative problem-solving mindset. You're much better equipped to solve your problems or do something about them when you're feeling better emotionally. We know that. That's why when you're depressed, you just want to lay in bed. You don't want to do anything. Even things you're genuinely interested in, sex and spending money, whatever it is, you don't do any of it. You're done. You just want to lay there. You know, even that you don't want to do. So you're right about that. The other piece of it is, of course, it's highly attractive and magnetic, right? The better you feel, the better people feel around you, right? So there's that. Um, the third piece is really just a version of the third one, uh, first one, which is just identifying those people that make you or allow you to feel happiest in the easiest possible fashion or feel most loved or loving in the easiest um, fashion. Spend more time with those people and do what you can to spend less time with the energy vampires, the people that don't make you feel so happy or loved or loving. The fourth step is probably what I'd argue is the most direct path to peace, love and happiness you can possibly imagine. And you can't imagine it because it's all about not thinking. So. The first three steps, uh, first step is really an action journey step. The second step is really about uh, sort of a mental or emotional journey step. Uh, the third one is really about people, it's a people step. This fourth one um, is not about action. It's a state of non-action. It's not about people, it's about presence. And it's not about thought, it's about no thought. It's about changing your mind or your heart. It's about going to that place where there is no mind and all there is, is love, okay? And so this is simply about letting go of all of your thoughts as consistently and non-judgmentally non as humanly possible, as frequently as possible, right? So an easy way to do it is to practice breathing from the stomach. And there's a specific practice I use called micro-meditation. A micro-meditation is one breath. So if you've ever taken a meditation class and you've ever felt like me and you thought you were having a panic attack, I once went to this meditation class and there's like 30 of the most beautiful women. It was like, they were all Sarah's, like, well, not really. There's only one Sarah, but there's like, you know, a fraction of that, but there were 30 of them in the class and they were all expert meditators, it seemed. And I just simply um, was not able to meditate even for a second. I was just having a, like a panic attack. So I realized 30 minutes was too long. Five minutes was probably too long, but I could do one breath. So with the micro meditation, all you do is you pretend like this breath, this moment is the last breath or moment you'll ever have on this planet. And so you want to be sincere about that. And you want to recognize that's true. This may be your last moment. We don't know that. We might have 100 years left, hopefully. Hopefully a 1,000 years left. But we might also have five minutes left or five seconds left. And so you want to treat this one single now moment as though it really mattered, as though it was all important because it is. And so for this one moment, you pretend like it's the last moment that you'll ever have. And you simply do everything you can to juice this one breath, this one moment, for as much joy and happiness as you can possibly get out of it. And you can best juice or milk this moment for as much joy as you can possibly get by letting all your thoughts go, breathing through the nose, 
Let your stomach expand more than it normally would. Breathe out of the mouth and let your stomach contract or flatten out more than it normally would. And do it just for joy's sake alone. Really try to just enjoy it. Don't try to get good at it. That's the one way to not get good at it. Try to enjoy it. That's the one way to get good at it really fast. If you could just practice that as frequently as you can remember throughout the day, no matter what else you're doing, I promise you'd rewire your brain for the happiness and the self-love that you're ultimately after. Oh, you're definitely talking my language with the warm breath. I'm one of those people that tries to meditate and then I'm panicking and beating myself up that I'm not doing it right because I've got all these thoughts I'm not supposed to have. So I'm focusing on getting rid of the thought, but the fact that I'm thinking that means there is a thought and it just, yeah. So this is brilliant. I love it. Simple and easy, which is what you need when you're overwhelmed and in a, in a tough situation. So perfect. Wow. Well, I mean, I could talk to you for weeks because there's just so much good information that you're sharing with us. So thank you so much. Tell us where people can find you, Robert. If people want to come and get some coaching with you or follow you, where can they go? Yeah. Um, first, I want to thank you for saying that. I can receive that and I fully reflect that back. I believe a large reason I was so suicidal at such a young age is because I wasn't able to have these conversations or listen to these conversations or have access to them. So you're doing such an incredible service for me and for people like me in the world. So thank you for that, truly. Not just for what you do, but for who you are. Um, so I'm so honored to be a part of this conversation. Um, second, if folks want to find, you're welcome. If folks want to find uh, me online, you can at coachrobmack.com. That's my website. You can also find me on all social media platforms, most notably Instagram at robmackmackofficial. You can find both my books, Happiness from the Inside Out and Love from the Inside Out, everywhere great books are sold, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Banyan Books, uh, and pretty much everywhere else. Brilliant. I've got them both on Kindle and I recommend them to everybody. Uh, brilliant. So my last question that I said I was going to ask you. So my podcast, as you know, is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you so you can tap into it along the way when you're having one of those tougher moments as we talked about earlier so Robert what is happiness for you yeah it's silence and stillness it's the silence and stillness that I sometimes also call God so it's also felt oneness with life so we don't have a life we are life we don't have a life we are life right um, so we are one with life when you feel that oneness with life, that we can, and you can feel into your body that life energy, that pulsating, vibrating energy in your hands right now, it's in your feet, it's in your body, quote unquote. That is life. You are one with that. You are that. When you feel into that, that's love. You're always feeling into it, but you're not always aware of it. So love, happiness essentially, are life, which I call God. It's life felt, it's God felt, it's life embraced, it's God embraced. Not the conditions and circumstances of your life. I'm talking about life, that non-physical energy. So it sounds very abstract, but you can best experience it in stillness and silence. Practicing the presence of God is a great way of talking about it. Meditation, prayer, these are all ways of talking about the same exact experience, which is kind of a non-experience. It's just the awareness that you exist. At first, it feels like nothing, but the more you practice just noticing, wait, I'm alive, full stop. You don't notice what you are, you notice that you are. That Just notice that over and over again. It feels like nothing, I promise. It feels so paltry and stupid. But you continue to practice that 
all day, every day, you start to feel this love bubble up to the surface. That's true love. And when you feel that, you have everything you're looking for in a partner or a lover in a relationship. And you find that you attract the partner, the lover, and the relationship if that's your wanting. Oh, so incredible. Your words are so profound, really resonate. And I know that you'll have helped so many people listening to this today. So thank you, Robert, for your time. Thank you for being a fabulous guest. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of the conversation. And I'm so excited to continue the conversation and uh, friendship. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to coachrobmack.com to find out all about Rob and the work he's doing. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.